Welcome, everyone. This is Mia Ferroletto, publisher of New Observations Magazine. Today, we are recording part two of a conversation with attendees from the recent Consciousness and Contact Conference in Wasta, South Dakota. And um, we will share personal experiences and um, thoughts and ideas and reflections uh, as we're now two and a half weeks out from the end of uh, the conference. Um, welcome, Michelle and Siri and Desiree. Thank you, Mia. Hello. So, um, hello. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. And I'd like to ask each of you um, to to give the audience a little bit of uh, a background about yourselves, um, how you became interested in the field of consciousness, and um, and what brought you to WASTA. So let's start with you, Michelle. Okay, thank thank you, and thank you for inviting me, Mia. Um, oh, my I'm, pleasure. I'm really yes, I'm glad to be a part of the continued discussion. And I'm eager to hear more about Desiree and Siri's experience at WASTA as well. Uh, so my name is Michelle Rennie. I live in northern Minnesota. I'm a licensed psychologist. So I've been doing therapy with people for over 30 years. I would say consciousness, personal awareness, being able to go a little bit deeper beneath the surface boundaries, that has always been an interest of mine. Um, Work-wise, my orientation has um, always included the, the idea that healing happens in the relationship. So there can be approaches, strategies that facilitate change for people, um, but that does not happen if there is not that connection. Um, and I believe it's more than just you know a therapist helping someone else to change, we, we continue to be changed by each, other's, by each other. That was also my experience at the conference. I have had an interest, so interest in consciousness, but also contact, UFOs and ETs since I was a teenager. Um, and I would say over the past few years, I feel like I'm more obsessed with the topic. So yeah, dedication to reading, learning, listening as much as I can. That's what brought me to the conference. Did you have a specific experience as a teenager, Michelle? No, I didn't. No, a contact always an always an interest. Um, you, I don't. You may remember um, when the comet Kohoutek passed. This was like in the uh, 1974 or something like that. Maybe it was 73. And there was someone that said that the comet was a mothership that was going to come down. And whoever wanted to get on board could write to this person and receive a ticket. Well, I was one of those people that requested a ticket. <laughs> no one came for me, though. <laughs> I was ready. Didn't happen. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So no specific experience that I'm aware of. I have dreams you know, of 
craft and alternate realities. Um, yeah, but not actual sightings. Very interesting. I, mm-hmm. I, um, did you, did you have any, um, did you, uh, did you see anything? Um, some people saw a ship, uh, at, at Devil's Tower. Did you have, see anything there? Not with my vision, not with not with my sight, Mia. No, I did okay. not. Yeah, I think you know. For me, it was uh, it it was about consciousness and connection mm-hmm. with the land and with the people that were there. That not only the presenters who were fabulous, but the people that was significant for me. That was very energizing. Yeah, I think everybody was mm-hmm. great and and formed mm-hmm. a, an incredible mm-hmm. group uh, mm-hmm. just you know totally um generous in in sending out healing mm-hmm. energy to each other and supporting each other it was it was really mm-hmm. phenomenal yes Desiree, how about you um you want me to start from the beginning um, I'm from <laughs> Desiree Thielen is my name, and I'm from southeastern Montana. And, boy, I would say, uh, I always call it intuition, uh, has always been with me, and my mom always cultivated that in me and my siblings. So, growing up, I utilized that a lot and had a lot of dreams that, um, came to fruition, good and bad. And then in 2008, um, when I had my son, I had a near-death experience. And since then, a lot has opened up for me. And I chose to go in the field of hypnosis because I was actually always really intrigued by what Barbara Lamb was doing with regressions for people and helping them to heal. And so when I started down that road, unfortunately, in my little community, it ended up being really medical-based, and it was not the route I wanted to take. So I ended up actually getting out of doing hypnosis as a business for myself. And my husband inherited a ranch, a small cattle ranch, and so we've been doing that um, ever since, and I've utilized all my intuition, I, you know, in making making calls in what direction we should go. Um, and I have experienced a lot in a short amount of time. And part of that was when I was a child, it was, uh, I had a lot of communication with animals and I worked with horses and trained horses. And then, like I said, after 2008, that all expanded for me into, you know, more more dream stuff. And I took some metaphysical courses uh, through the International Metaphysical University. And through that, I did a mind travel course with John Terry and Bonnie Adam. And I experienced a lot through that mind travel course and it was all about contact it was a ufology course and i didn't really know how important that information would be for me until i actually came to wasta 
And I spoke with Sev, and she had a lot of validating information for me about the blues. And so we got to really have a great conversation about what I had experienced in my mind traveling with the blues because they were the most incredible to me of all the different places we went in our mind travels. Um, And since then, I have experienced a lot of strangeness in the skies where I live that I did not notice before. (laughs) I was looking, but I never (laughs) saw it before. (laughs) I was (laughs) So... Yeah, and I would say, you know, going to Wasta was uh, really touched my heart and got me, of course, back on track because I tend to fall off track of where I'm supposed to go um, with my own own intuitive abilities. So it really helped me get back on track with that and connect with people and realize my path here on Earth besides being a mother and wife and all those other things that I do. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you came, Desiree. Uh, honestly, it was it was um, just a, it was a joy to have all three of you there. Um, all of you were terrific and um, really brought so much to the experience for everybody. So thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you did thank that. You. Yeah, me too. I'm. <laughs> I I feel so happy to be on the other side of it. But um, it it, it yeah. honestly, when you all left Monday morning, I felt like we had hit all the notes. I, I really did. It was the best of the three conferences that I've done and um, reached the the highest level energetically of community mm-hmm. and also consciousness, um, without a doubt. And that that speaks to the people who were there and the place, of course, too. Yeah. But um, it's, it's almost like magic to me. The first day when everyone comes together, the energy is always so chaotic and, you know, everybody's um, relatively unhappy with, you know, what, what it is. And, and, uh, and then it's almost like magic within... 24 hours, the group energetically becomes cohesive and everybody starts to work together, um, you know, individually still, but also collectively. And so much growth is able to happen in that space um, that it's, it's extraordinary. It's a, it's an, it's an amazing thing to watch. Um, so Siri, okay. how about you? Um, yeah, my experience, um, before I got there was, um, intense. I've been going through a big transformation these past couple years, um, which have been, uh, I was living in Ohio and I started um, participating in, uh, Lakota ceremonies and, um, I had, you know, many, uh, awakenings and, um, about two years ago or so, I died, and I uh, got really sick, and I came back, so that was a whole nother awakening, and uh, after that, I really, uh, really got that I needed to get my crap together to do my purpose and figure out why I'm here, so 
um, after those two years, I, um, or during that time, I found Whitley's book, uh, the new book, A New World. And um, uh, Whitley um, has been around my family since I was little, kind of, um, friends of the family. But he and I didn't really connect until um, about that time. His, the New World book really resonated with, uh, correlated with some things that I was experiencing through this um, uh, re- rebirthing process. Um, and you actually are what brought me to the conference, um, yeah. Um, I spoke to you. I originally going planning on coming to uh, South Dakota, and I was just going to meet Whitley, um, and um, I wasn't sure what this conference was. I didn't know anything about this conference. Um, and then I talked to you on the phone, and I really got that uh, that this is why I'm coming to South Dakota. And um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> all right. So um, it's been like a whole evolutionary process. Um, and I'm just so grateful I spoke to you because if I hadn't literally talked to you, I would not have come. Um, but, you know, for me, it's really the past two years have been about being healthy spiritually and energetically and being conscious of what is unhealthy and letting it go. And um, it's all been about doing my purpose and figuring that out. And I really, really got what I was seeing during the conference. It was a conscious shift for sure, um, and I got clarity about my purpose, um, and I got clarity about things about the world that I just didn't want to see or face, um, but now facing it and having a connection, it's like a, a light connection that hovers above the earth with these other conscious people that I met at the conference who are healthy and who are um, practicing in a good way for the highest and best good of everything. Um, you know, I mean, that's solid. That's something that we're going to take with us forever. And, you know, I still have, you know, I have their contact information and I talk to some of them regularly now. And I mean, uh, you know, I didn't know if I knew it, but that's also why I came to make these connections with healthy, conscious people who are doing good in the world. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, the presence of these great Lakota um, and Dakota um, leaders that came and spoke to us. And, you know, it just, it's all related. Um, you know, I know everybody wanted to see beings in the physical, and I feel like it's just, it's all related um, to this consciousness of, you know, from my personal experience, they're, um, they're, you know, they could be sitting right next to you right now. It's, it's how conscious are you of these energies and these things. Um, so I think I got exactly what I came for, and it, it, it was a wonderful experience. Thank you, Siri. I'm, I'm really glad you came. And also, I, I think it's extraordinary that you had this vision of meeting um, Chief Arval Looking Horse, who was one of our speakers, and uh, his amazing wife, Paula. And um, Paula stepped in and made a connection for you, and now you're up at Standing Rock as a result. Um, you know, th- that is just such a, 
a clear example of how following your intuition and your guidance will put you where you need to be at any given moment. Yeah, it was really amazing how everything just went boom, boom, boom. It was like I, I packed my car up not knowing exactly where I was going to live, literally drove to the conference with all my belongings in this car, not knowing where I was going to stay after, really. And um, everything just went boom, 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 and lined up. Hmm. So, hmm. Siri, it takes tremendous courage to do that and trust. And both, Siri, both you and Desiree mentioned, um, you know, finding your, finding your path again or finding your path. What's your purpose? And I think that's what it requires is just that um, dedication to doing the next best thing. So it it sounds like for the three of us as participants, I mean, my decision to come to the conference too was felt like last minute. I had contacted you, Mia, about a month prior to the conference um, starting. But when I saw, um, I don't know what I saw. I think I saw maybe the lineup of some of the presenters, um, the location. It sounded like kind of a crazy thing to do as we are still in this <laughs> pandemic. Uh, although although I only drove, what, 10 hours, uh, others came. So, Siri, you're from Ohio. There were people from the coast, uh, uh, from Hawaii, that also came. But it's that kind of like willingness to step up to do this work, even when we don't know what the work is all the time. I really appreciate that. Well, people yeah. were called to come. There's no question about it. Um, and I was, I was told, because I had questions about continuing with the plan to have the conference, and I was informed that the conference needed to take place this summer because it's a continuation of the work that was done last summer. And um, having gone through it, being on the other side of the conference, there's not a doubt in my mind that that is absolutely true. And to have Chief Arville here and Paula to inaugurate this land for the art center um, moving forward was extraordinary. And the things that are happening here um, post-conference, the rest of the buildings will be renovated. The school renovation was started in October, but by May, all of the buildings will be renovated. And our first conference in May will be for Lakota leaders, such as Chief Arvel and Paula and Henry Redcloud and Chase Iron Eyes and uh, a number of other people coming together to share the projects that they're doing. Um, As I was telling Paula the other day, for instance, she was asking about the work that Henry Redcloud does with um, solar installations and training people. And I I said, when, when you all know what each other is involved in, for instance, the same amount of money can fund your solar panels for your project, pay Henry to do the work and train his students in the process. So one donation will cover all three issues. If it's organized correctly, joining resources, you know, joining forces. And um, 
that'll be the first thing that we do in, in May. And also we're collaborating with major art schools um, to bring undergraduate and graduate students here to do studio work. Um, the schoolhouse, the auditorium will be the conference center and the classrooms will all be studio space. But to bring young people who've never been exposed to anything like Pine Ridge um, to come and experience the power of the land and the spiritual energy and the create, creative force that exists here and then go back you know, to their regular lives is going to not only transform them, but the people around them. Exactly. What a powerful vision you've created. Yeah, and it's happening, you know, and you're all part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you're all, you know, very much part of that. Yes, you're, you're um, the art center, you know, that is just such art in the culture and transformation and personal growth and consciousness. It's all, you know, it's just such a great outlet to experience yourself in that way. And with you tying it into these communities and the land and, you know, you can really, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's exciting. You'll all have to to come and make make some art too. Um, it's 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 very exciting, and it it really represents this moment of opportunity that the virus has presented for all of us. Um, yes, it's difficult to deal with, but it's also an amazing opening of doing things in a different way. So how did you all feel going to these various locations? Um, I know some of you have been there before, but um, to go to Devil's Tower or Bear Lodge and Bear Butte and the Badlands, um, did anything of particular interest happen for you? This is Desiree. And oh, good. I think going to Bear Butte for me uh, was the most spiritual experience of everything that we did. Uh, it really connected me, like I said, back into my ancestral heritage, and which is part of my, my purpose here. Um, here uh, in Montana, we're also looking at creating a similar uh, idea as to what you're doing there in WASTA. And we're actually on the ground floor, it's been an idea that's been drawn out for us for a really long time, and it really connected all that back and making connections with uh, Henry Red Cloud and his wife. Uh, it really, really solidified, like I said, my, my earth purpose <laughs> and, and brought all that together, especially sitting there at Bear Butte and listening to Henry about all of us coming together and working together and through their trials and tribulations that they've been through as a tribe, enlightening us and and connecting us all together in, in our push forward is absolutely important for our future. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, you know, I had been to... Um, uh, Bear Lodge previously and the Badlands, but not to Bear Butte. 
Um, and that's where we were Sunday night with Chief Henry Redcloud and his wife, Gloria. And I was so grateful that they were willing to come out um, at this time and be there. Uh, that was, yeah, that was an amazing experience to be in a, in a circle um, with how many people were there? 25 um, with these strong, resilient yeah, leaders um, so d- during part of that experience, um, Chief Henry Redcloud uh, w- shared some of the history of the land, history of La Lakota people. The ending of that circle, he prayed and also gifted us with um, uh, singing and sang uh, from the ghost dance experience. And as he was doing that, did you, if you can recall, the uh, coyotes were yipping in the background. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end of that, then Tolek, our, our comrade Chris, uh, played, offered to play his flute. And also at that moment, then the birds resumed singing. It had been fairly quiet. Just those kinds of experiences, um, yeah, one of a kind, earth-changing life-changing my whole body there from the approach we were on the road and it already started Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. electrical circuits were just going haywire just totally alive and um, activated and vibrating but sitting on that land I could just feel all the ancestors gathering with us um, present with us and um, just sharing um, their love, their connection, and their desire, for, you know, for for happiness and health and prosperity for all of us there, um, and also, you know, a sense of gratitude on both sides that that we were there and our intentions were good. Um, it was it was my most profound moment too um throughout the the whole weekend mm-hmm. um and to have had someone there doing a vision quest at the at the same time was really meaningful too oh that's right yes yeah i would also have to add that um the experience at bear lodge or what some call devil's tower um just uh, being able to observe my own process and progress through life of coming to a place that is sacred and yet kind of this walking path around the base. Um, I was impatient and eager just to get moving and experience. Um, However, that whole experience ended. I mean, it was a beautiful walk. Uh, We walked around the base of the tower. Ended with um, uh, our Joe from Hawaii leading us in a very powerful meditation that Sev Tak, who couldn't be with us this afternoon, uh, happened to record on her phone. The experience itself, I mean, that, that was powerful. But it was, it's also important that she recorded it, and I listened to that again. And then she was able to, I think, take some, some people took some photographs of there was a, an amazing thunderstorm, lightning storm that lit up the tower right as we were completing 
you know, that prayer and that meditation. That was also very moving. Well, clearly the um, the thunder and lightning being showed up um, for that event, you know, specifically for that. Um, and um, Annie and Beulah and Joan Oshie all saw a craft above above the tower while the storm was happening. They watched it for about 20 or 25 minutes from their the car, from Joan's car, just stationary above <clears throat> above the tower. So um, it's, you know, I, I stayed back. I, I didn't go with you to, to, to uh, Bear Lodge. I was actually babysitting Patty, the wonderful black lab who came, came to the conference. So we had one canine attendee and she was great. But, um, but it was clear to me that, um, the, that the ETs would show up and make themselves visible to someone. And, um, and in fact, the people who did see it were all Native American, Annie by marriage, but Joan and Beulah are, are both Native American. So I thought that was mm-hmm. very interesting. And as Whitley, you know, says, the ETs are most concerned about the Native Americans. Siri, what was that like for you of, the, of our field trips to sacred places? What moved you? Um, well, the land, I mean, it was um, mm-hmm. very energetic. Um, the land moved me. Um, I didn't participate in the um, uh, meditation at the... Um, I just um, separated from the group and just uh, kind of did my own thing and enjoyed the what was going on, all the energy around and and the weather change. And I just, uh, you know, just tried to be and um, mm-hmm. uh, connect and just, you know, be there. I mean, there's so much around all the time and going mm-hmm. on. And um, I find myself uh, to be extremely uh, sensitive uh, since I've um, gone through this process. So, um, you know, just, you know, I feel like um, just to sit sit there and be with it anywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't explain it. So, yeah. I understand what you're saying, though. Right. It's it, some, yeah. I think during those four days, there were times when um, I needed to be alone and just let some of the information, some of the experience begin to I- integrate. Um, and that, I mean, that continues to happen. I think, you know, even two weeks away, there are aspects of this experience that continue to resonate and sink in. But I, yeah, I appreciate that as well, just that ability to step away um, and have your own experience, not always the collective experience. Yeah. It's very important. Siri, what were you going to say? Um, it just didn't feel right for me to go do the meditation that way. I don't know why, but it just, yeah, I just had to just, you know, hang out and experience my own stuff. <laughs> it was interesting, too, because each of the trips um, had 
the aspect of um, an animal totem or symbol um, when the group went to the Badlands. There was a rattlesnake in the road um, to Bear, Bear Lodge, the same thing. And um, going home, there, uh, Dennis and Alana saw a rattlesnake uh, leaving Bear Butte, so, which is, you know, one of the key signs for Kundalini activation. Um, and having lived in Wasta last year for almost a year, and I've been back now for just about two months, um, I have never seen a rattlesnake here. But a few days after the conference ended, uh, there was one in the road um, over by the Wasta bar. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting that um, it came out in the daytime and must have been sunning itself. Well, just to add to that, to me, uh, um, I was lucky enough to see the rattlesnakes at all three sites myself. But, oh, you saw them all. Yeah. The the following morning when we were cleaning up, remember there was the big... The bull snake. snake yeah. Laying in the sun in the tent, right along the edge of the tent. It came right inside the tent. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis was petting it outside. Really? <laughs> yes. Dennis was petting it. And I'm saying, Dennis, I don't think that's a good idea because it's... The snake, you know, turned its head around and was raised up and obviously not happy, but he couldn't stop himself. <laughs> he said, oh, I wow. like snakes. <laughs> yeah, that he was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, symbolic of, of activation. I mean, so many people were activated uh, throughout the weekend. It was really... Very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah. And I think I took from it that it it not only was an activation for me personally, but it was like this full circle of seeing, you know, the the earth beings, the 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 tribes that treasure and treat our earth the way it should be with the upper consciousness level all connecting in this full circle and and everybody's energy feeling that and like you said activating that kundalini and getting the validation by seeing those rattlesnakes and it was just amazing yeah i honestly i honestly don't think it could have uh, come together in a more perfect way. And, um, you know, certainly there were, uh, you know, issues that could have been perhaps addressed differently. And I know people were disappointed that Whitley lost his driver's license and couldn't get on the plane. Um, and then to have Linda and Barbara, um, hesitant to fly, but um, to have had Chief Arvel and Paula drive 12 hours to be with us for two or three, um, and then the experience with Henry, in in my mind, more than made up for it. And what's interesting about this conference versus the others is the focus here 
was really about consciousness and individual consciousness. Um, whereas before we did focus on consciousness, but there was a lot more about um, ETs. And my, my personal feeling about all this is that the, the ETs are just one small piece of what is going on. We're actually working with all of the realms, the angelic realm, the divic realm, the animal kingdom, the mineral kingdom. Um, we're actively working with all of them once we be- become aware of it, the interconnectedness. And um, <clears throat> at this moment in time, we know the ETs are not going to save us. We have to save ourselves. Um, and that's the blessing too, because once we get into that stream of consciousness and creativity, which are so uh, closely uh, entwined, then we really can co-create a far more fair and equitable world for everyone. Yeah, I, 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 you know, obviously I agree 110% of everything you're saying is, it's, uh, you know, we have to do the work. It's like stepping up to the plate. Like you said, there was people were called to come to the conference and people are being called to do all sorts of things right now. And it's it's really just getting off your butt and doing it. Um, right. So we got to do it ourselves and we have to connect ourselves and we have to create that uh, foundation for a new world that's in a good way. Um but we got to do the work, so you know. That seems yeah, it's not going to happen without us, <laughs> right? And that actually, Mia, you had said that I think the first or second day is that we have to do this. We have to do our own work. We have to do the work alone, separately, together. It's not that outside intervention that may come from whether that's ET or you know the next <laughs> great guru that's coming along. It's we're all a part of this experience. I have compared this to how, how can I expect to have contact with the visitors if I struggle to accept people on this planet or in my neighborhood or my neighbor? Right. Do the work. Well, honestly, I think that's, what that's their message to us is we have to prove that we are capable of being nonviolent, of, you know, keeping our more base negative emotions in check and interacting and not letting fear, you know, rule us. And um, because, you know, I've had visitors in my house, um, for instance, and they, they definitely look a little different. Um, so practicing non-judgmental detachment and, um you know, understanding that that you're totally safe and nothing is going to happen to you um, is is such an essential part of all of this. Um, but you know, our culture <clears throat> encourages fear on so many levels, um, and and that's you know one of the other things we're fighting against and fought against to come to the conference for all of us, you know, who traveled. Um, to put aside our fear and say, no, this is something that I feel I need to be at and and make the trip. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. I, I felt compelled to come to the conference. Well, I'm really glad you did. <laughs> I I am too. And it was it was the participants, it was you, it was the presenters all coming together in that space with land and the sightings that people had, whether it was of the land or animals or craft on the land or sky. Yeah. All part of that larger fabric. One of the things that um uh Paula, Chief Arvel's uh booking horse wife um wife said uh, she spoke about, you know, their experiences with um, World Peace and Prayer Day. That, that's, and that's not the Catholic one. That if you Google that, it's not that experience. But she had that strong message about people coming together and finding, you know, finding yourself, finding your own roots. So rather than people trying to be like her or rather we try to be like each other, it's like be yourself and that's the gift that we bring to that work that you were talking about, Siri, like coming together to do this work for our planet yeah, and for other um, cultures. Yeah. She she is amazing. She is very mm-hmm. insightful and I feel like she's uh, you know really good at helping people find find uh their umbilical cord, uh what she calls it to um sit and pray and uh, find your umbilical cord and hold on to it and pray to your ancestors to find out who you are and who, who your ancestors are. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something she says to do. And, um, you know, uh, our, our our current modern society doesn't really, uh, isn't connected to their ancestors in the same way um, uh, that natives are. And, you know, this is... Um, Probably a mistake because you know finding out who you are through them um, can be powerful. Um, I'm going through this process right now very slowly, but um, to to just to to find that to find your umbilical cord and your connection to uh, like you said uh, the dirt because your ancestors are in the dirt and. Um, it helps, I think, uh, the feeling I'm getting is it helps connect you to your power and activate your blood and your energy system in a whole different way once you can figure that out. Um, I haven't fully experienced these things yet, but I feel like this is something that happens when you are in tune with uh, yourself and your bloodline in this way. Well, that is the one thing that really struck a chord with me uh, while Paula was speaking. I knew before I went there I was going to be finding my umbilical cord to my ancestors, and that's exactly what I did just simply while she was speaking, and it was so powerful for me. It brought me to tears, and uncontrollably for several hours. In fact, that um, to, to make that connection was so invigorating for me and to know where where I need to go with that, which is my spirit for my ancestors was the thing that they carried with them. That was the thing that could never be taken away from us is our spirit. And it 
reignited my spirit in me just by Paula simply speaking to us. Beautiful. She was amazing. She is amazing. Um, such a, such a, such a, an inspiring example of um, what it means to be a real woman, to embody the the matriarchal um, lineage uh, in a in a quiet, powerful, strong, uh, and loving way. I I just think the world of her. Both of them were just mm-hmm. absolutely inspiring. That's how I feel as well. And as you mentioned, you know, as her model as a woman and that feminine energy, going back to what you said, Mia, about um, uh, the disappointment in some of the speakers canceling, um, what I appreciated about how you managed that was you did not apologize for that. You didn't take responsibility for that. I mean, it wasn't your responsibility. And there are many things beyond anyone's control that happened but I admire that, that you did not apologize because as a woman, I apologize too much. So <laughs> thank you for being a model for that as well. <laughs> well, I think we're trained to do, I think we're trained to apologize. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're trained to, to carry, you know, everyone's unhappiness. And um, <clears throat> I, I don't think, I don't think people realize, um, you know, the amount of, energy that it took in these crazy seesaw times um, to um, to schedule other people, you know, if, um, well, in Whitley's case, <laughs> he'll laugh if he hears this, but every other week he was coming, he was not coming, you know, did I know someone with a private plane? <laughs> he was... It was, you know, amazing, and he he finally got this super-duper mask from his doctor and was coming, and then the driver's license happened, um, and Barbara Lamb was coming up till, like, 10 days before, but then her family mm-hmm. convinced her she had to stay home because she's 84 years old, and, you know, she doesn't believe in the COVID virus, but... Um, you know, they they convinced her that at her age she should probably stay home, and and Linda just didn't want to travel uh, with the virus, but she, you know, she wants to speak next year, and she had actually been our key speaker uh, for the first conference, which was held in Vermont. But it was a constant, um, <clears throat> you know, move moving target, and um, the building that. Um, you and Desiree uh, and where you were camping, Siri, across the road by the tent, that building was finished about an hour or two at the most before people arrived because the workmen stopped working. Um, You know, if you had walked over to the school, you would see two exterior walls ripped out. You know, in October, November, construction was all humming along, and then everything stopped. So literally, um, you know, the building by where all of you essentially stayed, um, indoor or out, was finished, uh, uh, you know, two hours before everyone landed. So there were all kinds of um, issues, um, and 
I had met with several caterers and really didn't like what any of them were proposing in terms of food. So I ended up preparing all the meals myself too. And I just want to circle back to the, to that um, for a moment. Um, Cindy Ketches is a, is a very dear friend. Um, <clears throat> she is also a white woman and she was married to Peter Ketches, who was a, a very well-respected medicine man on Pine Ridge and her father-in-law, Pete Ketches, uh, Peter's father was a venerated, um, highly honored medicine man. And the Ketches family <clears throat> runs the oldest Sundance on Pine Ridge. Um, and Peter died two years ago. So Cindy has continued the tradition of the Sundance and as with last year, this year, her Sundance was exactly the same weekend as our conference. And I know people um, felt that, you know, it was so hot um, for the conference, but we were experiencing our own Sundance in tandem with Cindy's Sundance. The heat is a purification um, as with the sweat lodge, but the sun dancers, you know, Peter catches would dance in 118 degree heat for four days with no food or water. And for some reason I was guided to fast for the entire conference. So for four days, I, I was drinking plenty of water, but I fasted and I prepared the food and in Lakota culture, um, the preparation of food is extremely important. You are tasked with bringing your best energy to bear when you're preparing meals for others. And um, I certainly tried to, to do that for all of you. But we were experiencing our own um, purification ceremony over here uh, in, in tandem with um, the Sundance that Cindy was having over at the Catches property. And she described exactly the same events over there. You know, there was some chaos and darkness as the Sundance began, just as there was here in Wasta. By Saturday night, um, the weather broke and, and the energy lightened up and everything opened up on Sunday morning. And... Um, I felt really fortunate to be able to share some of my experiences with all of you on Sunday morning after that, you know, occurred um, because I really wanted to give you some tools to use um, in terms of manifesting and also um, utilizing your enlightenment experience um, from the conference. So it was just fascinating for the two of us to compare notes and how we were in lockstep with each other over those four days. And I think we each made the other uh, more, more powerful in some way, some mm -hmm. unseen way. We supported and energized each other. Well, that, that's impressive that you were able to do all of that, Mia. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, it was my it was my pleasure, honestly. Um, I, 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's the whole, it was the entire experience. So even the the heat, it was what, 100, was like over 100 degrees the day I arrived, 104 or something. Um, and uh, then on Friday and Saturday when it was so hot, I was very grateful for the shade of the tent and the fan and the swamp cooler. But it it was hot. And I do feel like that, it's part of the experience and to, you know, to practice acceptance. We have a choice about where we put our attention. What do I look at? Where do I put my own energy? Is it on what's going wrong or it's not quite up to my, my expectations? Or do I put my energy and focus on what, what can I contribute? What can I add to this experience? I have a choice. I can show up or I can go home. It's just about anything. Well, we were living in the lap of luxury compared to last year when the conference was on Pine Ridge. People were sleeping on mattresses on the floor. Um, you know, everyone had their their own bathroom, um, their own air conditioner, their own sh- uh, refrigerator and microwave or a little kitchenette. Um you know, it, it it is South Dakota. It's not um, some major metropolitan area that's going to have, you know, the highest um, of luxury accommodations. But um, you know, for for this part of the country, we were doing we we're doing pretty well, actually. Um, but I truly believe that we have to put aside our history, our, what we tell ourselves about ourselves, um, you know, the storyline that we've, that we've all created um, that feeds our narrative, our personal narrative, because that personal narrative is not going to support personal growth. It keeps you stuck uh, in your given place and isolated and, um, you know, I have um, experienced that myself, um, my own ideas and opinions of myself. And uh, my, my, I had a very glamorous life in New York City for, for almost 20 years. And I would not trade it for anything in terms of my life today. Um, there's just no comparison. Uh, you know, one is all surface pretty much, even though, you know, I always had my spiritual life and my um, psychic gifts. But <clears throat> in terms of where I'm at today and how I uh, interact with the world and beyond, it's, you, you can't even compare the two. They're different universes. And all of that is available to us, you know, if we just get out of our own way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so amazing how, you know, what you put out there, you get back, and what you ask for, you can receive. And one of the biggest conscious things for me was to realize that if I'm asking for something that I don't believe, it, it makes a difference. If I ask for something and I believe it, I can get it, then you get it. And to just become conscious that all of us, 
because it's just we're, the way we're made can do that and have that ability to to receive good and um but it has to do with getting out of your own way and your own mental um judgments that you have about yourself and about the world um so it's it's a lot of looking inside and doing inner work uh because whatever your energy is putting out is what you are like signaling the universe to give to you so if you're not conscious of yourself um you kind of get stuck in a rut and in in a unconscious pattern that you don't even know you're in um do any of you have any have specific um responses to to the things that Alana shared with us about the virus and um, the surveillance state and just some of the things that we're dealing with at, at this moment in time specific to humanity? Hmm. I started, yeah, uh, I have started reading her book um, and I am, I switched and I, I switched to reading Whitley's book that Siri just mentioned, um, A New World. So what were, what were you going to say, Desiree? I would be interested in that. Uh, well, there was a lot that um, I felt like there is some resolution to a lot of what Alana was telling us was going on, which I felt a real, what I call like a hit, I, is, is that she was absolutely correct in what is happening to everyone and that we are the ones we've been waiting for, which is a message that I've had for a long time. And the group at WASA is the first time I've ever shared that message that I received many years ago. And so in that, in my own personal journey, I have done some radionics and I feel like there's a real place for that in combating what is going on um, with those negative energies that are impacting our humanity. And I feel like I'm going to actually bring all that to the Radionics Conference in Rapid City in October, and I'm going to try to connect our groups together in a sense to to hopefully create a, a larger group of people to heal and and combat a lot of that negativity that's being um, thrown at us. That's great. Wow. Excellent, Deborah. So that that's part of your purpose, part of your purpose. Yeah, part of my purpose yeah. is really bringing people together um, for okay. specific goals. I don't always mm-hmm. know what those specific goals are, but as I was there, um, it it brought a lot of those things uh, together for me. On a personal level, what I'm supposed to do, bring people together, similar to what Mia has done in WASA, I will also be doing something similar in Montana and allowing people to have an experience uh, that they can't get other places because I'm in the middle of nowhere with (laughs) <laughs> not much access to to anything, and mm-hmm. we're looking at building some natural buildings and and getting with Henry Red Cloud to create a solar system for those buildings to power them, 
and and bring all these groups that we're involved in um, together, in a sense, like I said, to to really combat a lot of the the negativity that's being thrown at us as a humanity. And mm-hmm. that is that is my purpose. <laughs> Beautiful. Please keep keep us all informed on our email list of participants. That, okay, that sounds I will do so that. exciting. Yeah. Mia, if you don't mind, I'll send you some information for our radionics conference in Rapid City in October. I think it would be a really great thing for people to to look into to help help with these situations. Radionics initially was created through uh, you know dowsing and and old radio machines directing frequencies for specific purposes, and they're using it for all kinds of things, from cancer to ETs to everything you can think of um, to heal. And I think that there's a real purpose for it in, in this community as well. Oh, definitely. Are 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 you... Including the rice machine in that. Yes, there's all kinds in the, in the radionics community. There's all kinds of machines. There's rice. There's uh, the KRT technologies. There is um, some toroidal technologies using coppers and um, also contacting. Uh, those are created actually with some um, uh, spiritual beings involved. Um, that can can communicate through those those particular machines. Uh, it, it's a it's a whole spectrum, like I said, from dowsing to to the rice to KRTs and and AI technology. <laughs> it's really incredible. So it's, I think that those great. those things can can really help everyone to combat because that was the one thing with Alana's. Like I said, it really really hit made some giant hits for me as, yes, this is exactly what's going on. She's right on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I felt like there was no resolution. People were like, well, what can we do? Like, we want to help, right. we want to fix, but there was no real resolution to that. And I feel like uh, bringing these two communities together can really uh, enforce that, that positive healing process. I can um, personally uh, attest to radionics. I, I missed Alana's talk, but um, I've been using radionics and the different copper things for a very, very long time for, for healing. Um, so I would also like more information about the uh, conference mm-hmm. you're talking about. Um, I was personally trained in health kinesiology uh, by Dr. Jimmy Scott, and um, well, he's who founded the program, but they use radionics in combination with chakras and meridians and your whole energy body. So, you know, it's, I really believe in it and I really believe it works and everybody, everybody should, you know, be aware of these things, these tools to help us and protect us and to heal. Absolutely. I, I believe in it too. Um, And also I, 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 just want to add i i don't remember exactly how much of this i got into um when i when i gave my talk on sunday morning but <clears throat> um 
in terms of visualization and manifestation, we all have the ability to heal things in, instantaneously as well. And um, energetically, um, just getting to the point where your intention is, is that strong and clear um, for for instance, as an example, one day I was um, meditating in front of the computer about Jesus healing the blind man, and when I turned the computer on the next morning, the first thing that came up was a blind man in New Jersey had been spontaneously healed overnight and could see, um, and that's just one example, but, you know, I have dozens. Um we we really can influence um not only outcomes but but also spontaneous healing and i use my body um to do broadcasting on a regular basis some before participating in art santa fe two summers ago it was wild because i was literally uh, broad, bringing the energy in and broadcasting it out for seven or eight hours a day, trying to prepare to drive to Santa Fe from Vermont and exhibit um, at Art Santa Fe. And we ended up being <clears throat> one of their most popular exhibits anyway. And they, they used us in the after gala announcements. They reproduced a big photo of our booth. But literally, I did not focus on the art fair because for a month, Every day, I was just broadcasting, and I could see the results around me in the people around me. Um, the couple who lived in the apartment next door, you know, fought viciously on a daily basis. The husband's an alcoholic. They were happy as clams. The wife started volunteering excessively in the in town, and um, it it works, and the th the thing of it is, um, is that everybody's frequency was upgraded tremendously at the conference, and um, just you know, five minutes a day focusing on bringing the energy in and sending it out again it, as you're bringing it in, just bringing it in, letting it, not holding on to it, just letting it flow through you and transmitting it, it really works. Mm -hmm. I think that has been one of the takeaways from the conference for me is I have noticed an increase in that sensation of the uh, inner energy, electrical charge that had started for me, like doing yoga, doing breath work. But since the at the conference, since the conference, uh, that energy has increased being around certain people or hearing, reading certain concepts. Um, like Desiree, you said, you know, that was, it, it's the hit. It feels like it really hit, it resonates inside. And that's what pulls, you know, I think can pull us along our own path of consciousness and healing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's your that's your confirmation. That's your in, internal confirmation that you're in the flow, um, and and you know that it, you're 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 in the divine flow. You're in the highest frequency, and that it's 
all coming in for the benefit of everyone. When you're in that place, I mean, I've been around snarling people who've just stood next to me for three minutes and they're practically stoned. They're so high um, because they've entered, you know, another field and not even being aware of it. They've, they've just connected energetically and just completely transformed. And the more we can do that um, individually and collectively, we're all linked now. So when any one of us is doing that, is participating, actively generating that energy, all of us are experiencing it. We're all picking up on each other all the time now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for explaining this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary you, you? what we have okay. available to us. Yeah. It you know mm-hmm. it, it, because and also that's the other thing we're in the quantum field now. You know it's um, we are reaching a new critical mass. So all of this is becoming easier. So like. Uh having the ability to raise the vibrational frequency of not only yourself, but the energy and things around you to make a positive impact. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Well, even the animals respond, um, you know, all of, all of the animals will, will respond as well. Um, So it's, um, it's, it's right. It's right there. It, it's really right there, and I, I'm I'm beginning to agree, at least um, as a transitional uh, state, with Dolores Cannon that that at least for a while there will be two worlds. You know, those of us who choose to live in this frequency, our lives will be unencumbered and run smoothly and be that of, you know, grace and joy and, and well-being. And there will be people, our neighbors or family members who are just grinding away because of internal blocks, um, a, a, a resistance to change, um, being in a rut because, you know, you can, you can bring someone to water, but you can't make them drink. And um, unless someone's ready, um, you know, it's it's not going to happen. At least not now. The seeds may be planted, but um, you know, if if someone is is looking at all of this with a skewed vision and a judgmental eye, the information is just not going to be transmitted. Well, what I wanted to say to each of you is that I appreciate your willingness to do this work and that you're, you're setting that intention to use this energy to help and heal others and to move us along, the collective us. And you too, Michelle. That's, that's definitely what you're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Plus, you make great coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea how happy I was (laughs) that 
you make the coffee in the morning. <laughs> oh, <It's> wonderful. <laughs> it was fabulous. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. My human ego just really inflates. That's the one thing. That's my last outpost. Well, one of the last outposts of addiction is coffee. And I get controlling around coffee pots. So I was very pleased to be able to do that. <laughs> Well, we never would have known that that was the reason. <laughs> and, and, to serve, and to serve others. I, uh, that's yes, definitely that. one, of, one, of, one of my archetypes, the servant. <laughs> well, I, I think, think you're doing it well, Michelle. Very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I think it's in service to others that we really do reach our highest um fulfillment i you know i I, and i i'm not saying that as a woman i'm saying that as a as a human being we we you know we are our brother's keeper so um if we could only get the one percent to realize it we'd be all (laughs) thanks Well, is there anything that um, that you would like to add before we end our discussion? I just want to thank everyone that I met there, including yourself, Mia, for doing this, because everybody touched me in their own way and really did raise my vibration personally. So I want to thank everyone for that. Mm-hmm. That would be my final word, too, for this afternoon is just appreciation and gratitude for each one of you that made up this conference in WASTA. Yeah, I would uh, say the same thing. Um, The people that I got really know just really made such an impact in me. Uh, You especially, um, I feel like I got to know you the most, um, Maya. (laughs) Um, Oh. We did. We did get to know each other pretty well, Siri. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was all just, you know, it was it was wonderful, and I am I am so grateful to have had that experience with you and with everybody. And uh, thank you, thank you for calling it forth. Thank you. Well, thank you all of you for coming. Um, you you were just lights in the weekend for me, uh, tremendous lights, and I appreciate you all so much. Um, I think that some extraordinary things are uh, going to continue to come out of this. I, I don't know if you all saw my, um, my note, but um, in the introduction to the Pine Ridge issue of New Observations, I write about Alex Whiteplume, who's Um, one of the true heroes of the industrial hemp movement. And two years ago, he grew his hemp crop for a particular company who proceeded to um, take advantage of him and not pay him almost $100,000. And as a result of my writing the introduction and asking um, vote hemp to send the issue out to the entire hemp community of 35,000 subscribers. He is being paid in 30 days, paid in full. Wow. So he now has the funds to um, 
be sure that all of his workers on Pine Ridge who are growing this crop will get their salaries. And um, in my opinion, this is just one of the positive things that is coming directly out of our all coming together in WASTA. Um, and I think we will be seeing many, many more um, indicators of positive uh, growth and spiritual involvement um, as, as a result of our, our coming together. I, I think that uh, we accomplished a lot, uh, both seen and unseen. Mm-hmm.